What's up, what's up, what's up, podcast world, Chad, back at you, the Foul Life Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Gerber Gear. Don't forget to stay sharp, America, have that knife, that saw, that hatchet, that fixed blade, that folding knife, whatever you need, they have it. Multi-tools, different style multi-tools. And these multi-tools are different, man. You know, a lot of multi-tools, they weigh you down. They're heavy. They're intimidating. They have way too much stuff in them to where it takes a, a freaking private eye or an investigator to find out all the clues you need to open up the next one. I want a multi-tool that when I open it up, it has what I need. I need the pliers. I need a knife. I need a file. I need a saw. I need a straight and a standard edge screwdriver and a Phillips head. I might need a bottle opener. But that's about it, man. I don't need a whole lot of guff on the deal. And I don't think many people do that are out in the field. And if you do, you can. But a lot of the ones that Gerber makes are intended for the everyday worker, the everyday hunter, the everyday gatherer, the everyday provider. So check them out, GerberGear.com. We're humbled to be part of the Gerber family. Can't wait for you all to see what the future's about to unlock. Gerber Gear, check them out, guys. Thank you for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us. We're excited about today's episode of the Foul Life Podcast. Back for his second run with me to talk about Canada Goose Hunt and his two-time world goose calling champion. Back-to-back in 2018, 2019, going for a three-peat in 2020. Kyle Jones from Power Calls. What's shaking, my man? Not a whole lot, man. Just just hanging out and uh, just chilling, just trying to uh, start this week off right and uh, go from there. It's beautiful outside. Can't complain. Any luck in the turkey woods yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Ever, since we talked last, I think we've I've shot or I've seen six get killed. So it's really <laughs> it's been uh, it's been pretty good. Been all, all Kentucky birds. Um, there's been. One Tennessee bird and five Kentucky birds. Yeah. So One Tennessee bird. Has Kelly yep. been on any of those with you? No, 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 no. Kelly, Kelly, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty uh, protective about his turkeys. Oh yeah. So I know. He's protective yeah. about everything. <laughs> he's coming back on the podcast this week also. So yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about goose calling and, um, you know, kind of the things that go into Canada goose calling and, the vocabulary, because when you think about a vocabulary, you, you, they get pretty extensive. They get, they get tricky, right? They get kind of like what I just said about that multi-tool. Do you really need everything that's in the repertoire? Is it nice to have it in the repertoire just in case you need it? Or does the goose hunter with his Canada goose short recall, does he find himself or herself going back to pretty much the same notes to find success in the field. And if you do have them in your arsenal, like you do or a Kelly powers or a Scott Trinan does, do you do it just for shits and giggles because you can, and you know that the geese aren't going to flare off of it or does even the pros and the badasses like the ones I just named, do you guys still go back to those same clucks and moans like the late great Tim grounds used to talk about just clucking and moaning, just cluck and moan. That's all you need, you know? So that we, I, I kind of wanted to cover some of that Kyle and hear some of the sounds today because I don't know if you need a spit note to kill can geese. I don't know if you need a train moan. I don't need know if you need to, you know fourteen different pitches of a of a cluck and a double cluck. I don't know that. I mean, I use them when I'm there, and we kill a lot of geese. We get them really close. But one, I'm just wondering if if you're on the right spot, how much does that call matter to get real fancy on? Does all that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, it makes complete sense. I 
I've always, you know, there's, there's guys that we both know that are killers that are, they just do the very basics, double clucks, clucks, moans, you know, and they kill, they probably kill way more geese than us a, a year, you know? Um, but there are, everybody's faced with situations, obviously that, you know, it is nice to have the whole playbook. You know what I'm saying? I always, I explain to guys, you know, back whenever Madden first came out, you had like five plays that you could call. Right. And nowadays you have the entire playbook of that certain team, you know, and I'd rather just have that versus having five different things. So that way, if I need to say you're in an area that's got a ton of pressure, uh, you know, like, um, that there's a, there's an area in Colorado, you guys go, that's a lot of outfitters and guides and stuff like that. And that's a whole lot more pressure than, uh, an area like Wyoming or Montana or, uh, Michigan or something like that, where you can get away with just doing the basics. Whereas sometimes it's nice to have that extra vocabulary, added vocabulary in there to help with, uh, differentiating yourself. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that a lot of it comes down to confidence in the note and confidence in the, the execution of that note. And I think that a lot of guys or girls get stuck on doing the same thing because they haven't perfected or become proficient enough. And my whole look on it is this, is that every goose caller would strive to sound like Kyle Jones. And if they say they don't, they're not telling the truth. That doesn't mean that they're practicing every day and failing that in, in one sense, they might've told themselves already. I'll never get there. Um, some of them say things like, man, you don't need all that. What's all that, man. That's too fancy. Nobody needs all that fancy shit to kill geese. And that could be right. But the bottom line is, is that I started this after we talked about your Turkey success. I started this by saying the vocabulary is extensive. So if I am born out of my mama's womb, when I am coming into this world in America as an American citizen, I am so glad I didn't settle for just learning the vowels and a couple consonants and a few words. And I don't know what punctuation is. And I don't know how to put together a sentence. I don't know how to end that sentence. I don't know how to show excitement in that sentence. I don't know how to ask a question. All of that goes in with constant engulf engulfment of this language and grammar and spelling and vocabulary and jargon and all the things that go into it. It's like, I'm sorry, I dropped the word jargon in there and you're with power calls. I mean, like we're, we're staunch competitors. dude. We're staunch. Um, if I would have stopped at that, I like having a conversation with somebody and being able to have a vocabulary that might make them think. It makes me think. It, it, it enlightens it a little bit. It makes it more meaningful. It gives it more depth. Um, you know, there's a lot of colorful words. And let's take songwriting, for example. When you listen to music, I don't know if you listen to the same music I do. I'm sure you might with, you know, like if you listen to um, a song by a bro country, I feel that the lyrics don't hit as hard as somebody that really has the use of magical words. So if you take a really, really strong, strong songwriter and you put them up against what I call cubicle country, you get the girl dancing on the tailgate generic over here. And over mm -hmm. here, you get something that hits your soul and makes you burn inside of like, man, that's life right there. And that's what lyrics are supposed to do. And that's what words in conversation are supposed to do. And that's what 
the correct calling of the Canada goose or the mallard duck or whatever species, the Rocky Mountain elk, the turkey, the coyote. If you are going to be the very best you can be, then you can't stop with that mindset of, oh, you don't need that fancy shit. I'll never get there. I can't do that. My tongue doesn't have any dexterity in it. Well, neither did Kyle's before you started practicing a lot. That's a th- that's one trait of goose calling that can be learned is muscle memory. You know, working out, of course, you're not going to have biceps if you don't do curls and work your arms out. Muscle memory is going in there and tearing those muscles up and making them hurt for several, several days or months. And then once they quit hurting, they start to form and you keep tearing that muscle fiber and it starts repairing itself and it starts building bigger and stronger. And that's what the vocabulary does. You might mess a word up, but you practice it, you tear it apart, you dissect it, you build it stronger and stronger. For years, people couldn't understand why Kelly Powers would do a spit note in a calling competition. Judges told him there's no such thing. And that judge didn't know that vocabulary of the Canada Goose is in debt or as well as Kelly Powers did. So right there tells you like, hey, study the vocabulary, just like you study the English language, or if you're lucky enough to study Spanish or, or the different dialects, you know, of Chinese, like Mandarin, you study, become proficient with it, become well-versed in it. Don't sound uneducated is my point, Kyle Jones. Oh, absolutely. That, that there expanding that vocabulary, knowing how to say it. I mean, there's, you go, you reverted back to, you know, English and, and growing up and learning everything. But at the same time, like as a caller, you also have to not only learn the vocabulary, but learn that body language of the geese, you know, cause you could be, you know, you could go in, out in a goose field and sound incredible. Right. But if you don't know, if you don't know what to say, when to say it, because of your reading that body reaction, right or that, uh, that language, that body language, you're just going to be a socially awkward human being, like socially awkward goose out there. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it reverts right back to, uh, like body language of humans as well. You could be that dude that doesn't know how to talk to people and he's, he's a good dude. You know, he's a good dude. Right. But he doesn't know how to talk to people in person. Like he's just socially awkward. Like he's just like, you know, that guy that's just standing there. You don't want to be that goose. So you got to learn that emotion that ties into that whole vocabulary as well man it's just it's huge. yeah it's a great point and another way to look at it is that if you, you i can watch all the kyle jones or kelly powers videos i want and say oh man they got their hands in this position there's nothing like going and sitting down with you guys and having you explain a goose call might be over zoom like this but person to person is everything same with geese you can watch an episode of the foul life or watch an episode of Higdon Dillard outdoors TV and watch you guys smash geese and listen to the notes that Kelly's making or that you're making on the call during that filmed hunt in whatever location of Canada or America it is. That's doesn't, you have to be out there. You have to feel it. You have to smell it. You have to feel the wind, what it's doing. You have to get the essence of the hunt. You have to read those geese. What are they doing? Are they posturing? Are their wingtips doing this? Are they fast? Are they short wing flaps? Are the tips of their wings down? What are they doing with their necks? What is their beak doing? What is their chest doing? What are their feet doing? There's always ways to read the body of a Canada goose and read that body language like you just said, telling you what you need to do, what sound needs to come. So you start to visualize, all right, if he or she does this, I'm going into this this little set of calls that I have ready for them. If they show any sign of wanting to settle down into this spread, I'm not going to get quiet. You know, a lot of people have that analogy, hey, nothing's home, and that works. But I also think that geese and ducks talk all the way 
to the water all the way until their toenails are scraping the dirt. And I like to challenge ourselves of, Hey, I want to, I want to be, be speaking that jargon or that vocabulary to make sure that I know after we shoot and harvest them, that we did everything in our power to do it right. And that it was the perfect setup, perfect situation. We scouted, we, we hid, we had a realistic decoy spread. Our dog did great. Our gun shot well, our ammo performed and our vocabulary was perfect to where you can't say, Oh yeah, it was just, you know, it was just old fashioned clucking and moaning and it got it done. And if that works, then that's fine. But if you want to go to that next level, you have to practice and you have to get out there and read geese and listen to real geese and understand what they are trying to tell you. Cause nine times out of 10, they're going to tell you exactly what you need to say to them. And if you don't, and there's a lot of times where geese aren't even callable, there's flocks that aren't even going to be callable, but the ones that are, are going to, they're, they're going to give you hints, subtle hints of what to say to them. And it's not just about getting on there and being a wall of sound and clucking, cluck, 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 and then taking another deep breath and then hammering as many clucks as you can. There's an art to this, just like there's an art to a good negotiator, a good conversationalist, a good author, a good songwriter, people that, you know, that are easy to listen to are the ones that have perfected the language. So that's, that's kind of where I was today of getting the confidence to make those notes because they're not easy to do. The vocabulary of the Canada goose is so much more extensive than that of the kit of the mallard duck of that of the bull elk of that of the Turkey and whatever four species you hunt in continental America or down in Mexico for the world slam. This vocabulary of the Canada goose, in my opinion, is way more extensive than all of them. It's got more words. It has more, it has more punctuation. It has more excitement in many areas. It has more verbs. It has more adjectives. It has all of these different things that when you put it together, it is a very extensive vocabulary. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 100%. It is by far, I mean, every, every note that a Canada goose makes, it, it leads into, well, now you're talking from one goose, you're talking two to three feeding off of it. And it's just so in depth and just, you can get in, it, you can get lost in it really, because it, it gets crazy how in depth it can get. Yeah. And then you add the subspecies and the different tones and the different sounds that a lesser would make or a Westerner or a cackler or a big Canada or a mid range Canada, you know, there's all there's all different. I mean, a lot of them are kind of the same idea of the notes, but a cackler's vocabulary isn't as extensive as a big Canada goose vocabulary. They just, they're more of that, that party, you know, that adolescence and they're just there for the party and hammering down where a, a big Canada goose, he's got it all. He's like yeah. grandpa on the porch. Hey, sit down and let me tell you some stories kind of deal. And the younger big Canada geese, the younger graders are the, you know, the 10, 12 pounders. They're learning that from the very beginning. They're an mm-hmm. educated soul from the very beginning. They're learning that vocabulary. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you hear that, you don't, you don't hear a lot of, of cacklers that have that. Whoa, whoa. It's more of a, a hiss and a whistle when they're on the ground. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a totally different sound. And you can emulate both of those on a short read can of goose call. You can do, you can do, you know, wheezes and whistles and all of the, I mean, there's so many trick sounds that you can do through these calls that once you, and that's what you're known for is that load, that lay down stuff. And that finishing part of your routine is what really kills it for you in competition most of the time, which all of your other stuff's great and powerful, but that really sets you apart in a lot of people's opinions. So what, what would you say is a good starting point to start? If you're going to assume we're going to assume that this student or the, 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 the audience that we're talking to 
has the cluck. Hit a cluck for me away from the microphone. No, you can keep your earbuds in. Just turn away a little bit. Okay. I, just don't, I just don't want to blow out your mic. Okay, that's a cluck. That's a yep. cluck. Hit that cluck again without, without the beginning. Just the cluck. <laughs> now open your left hand and hit one. Okay, so now we have two different versions of the clock. Let's assume that our audience and the people that we're talking to have that note down. Now hit a moan, Kyle. Okay, now follow follow a cluck by a moan. Now follow perfect. Now follow a moan by with a cluck. Ooh, see how deadly that is. So, so we're going to assume that everybody listening to Kyle and I, myself today has those notes down, the cluck and the moan, nothing real fancy. Now, one question you need to ask yourself is, and it might be hard to hear over this audio, is your cluck and is your moan consistent and is it goosey? Are you putting your throat and your fatty tissues of your mouth and your tongue and your teeth and your gums lines and your lips and the fatty tissues of your hand and your back pressure and are you putting all of that together the right way? What is your tongue position in your mouth? What is it in correlation to your mouth cavity? What are your lungs doing? What is your diaphragm doing? What is your larynx doing, which is that muscle in your throat that you steam up your window with when you're a young kid to write your name on it or you want to clean off your sunglasses when they start to get a little misty up or dirty during the hunt you use that larynx to get that hot air but we're trying to get hot pressurized air from the diaphragm in your stomach up through your lungs where they gain momentum and power into your throat where they hit that larynx to the end of your throat, to the back of your mouth, up over your arched tongue, down your arched tongue, not around your arched tongue. Because once you puff your cheeks and that air spreads out, now you're losing all, everything that you just built up in your stomach and it's going to enter your pierced lips and go into that short read goose call the wrong way. So we're going to go up over the tongue, down the arched tongue where the, the tip of the tongue is going to be pinned down or anchored somewhere below your bottom teeth where your gums meet your tooth line. Or when you get fancier, like Kyle Jones or Kelly Powers, you can start to move that tongue around and start to get different tones and different pitches and different sounds and, and a lot of really goosey stuff. But for right now, picture a gumball underneath your tongue. You have the tip of your tongue anchored down behind your bottom teeth where the gum line meets your tooth line. And then you push it up and arch it up like you have a gumball underneath there. And that's what Kyle's doing. He's bringing it from his stomach. Oh, and he's hitting that pressurized air to get that cluck and moan. So ask yourself before you move on to the next level of, of short read goose call where Kyle's going to take us today, are you getting your clucks and your moans the right way, the right pitches with consistency? Because I hear a lot of clucks that are not Canada goose. You got to get what we call body. You have to have body in that it's kind of like a one-year-old singing a song and then luther vandross singing a song and for those of you who don't know luther vandross i will say let me try to uh bruno mars that's more of a relevant when you hear bruno sing he has body he has soul he has hot pressurized air that is starting in his stomach you don't sing from your mouth you sing from your stomach that's why you never hear a singer run out of breath and you you see them all staunched up and their throat starts to get all flexed up because they're really pushing from their diaphragm does all that make sense kyle jones uh, absolutely uh i've actually never heard the gumball under the tongue reference before and that is i'm going to use that a lot 
to help guys now because that's I was I was doing it while you were explaining it and I was like that's perfect like that's like ideal uh an ideal reference to use but to go along with everything you were just talking about but like all going from the diaphragm the lungs all moving up whenever you're talking about adding that body to your calling like whether you got a cluck whether you got a moan a double cluck whatever make sure that pretend like you're Chad and Clay Belding, right? You guys used to fight with each other back in the day, like when you were little, right? Pretend he went to punch you in the stomach, okay? Every time you hit a note, every time you hit a cluck or a moan or whatever, you need to pretend like somebody's punching you in the stomach and flexing that abdomen, flexing that stomach region and that diaphragm region of your body to force and punch that air out to make it pop. And that will help add body to that calling. Oh, I like, I like that reference a lot. And I think that what Kyle is saying is, um, in that stomach is your diaphragm and your rib cage and your ab muscles. For those of you that have them, um, which a lot of duck hunters are supposedly do not, which we need to change that in our lifestyle also. Um, that was just a little jolt at a lot of duck hunters out there. since. <laughs> less biscuits and gravy and no i'm just kidding guys keep eating that stuff i love it too but if you picture your abs your abs are a protective wall of your internal organs that's what they're there for they are the muscle that protects mike tyson from destroying your liver and your kidney and all of the internal organs that run your body and your guts and then that rib cage is also there so what kyle's saying is that if you're <clears throat> if you picture getting punched in the stomach. That's a great analogy in two ways of waterfowl hunting. One is what Kyle just said. You kind of, you're like, you're gearing up for it and you kind of let like that punch is coming and you, and you gear up for it. Like right before contacts made clay's fists about to hit my stomach right on my belly button. And I gear up and I pinch down and I protect myself. And then that cluck comes out. And then if you take that and then if you're a duck caller that's trying to learn how to use goose uh, to learn a short read goose call, which a lot of duck hunters end up trying to get into goose calling if they live in a, you know, a combo hunt enriched area, which Arkansas is not one of them. So most guys down there, they'll take this into the speckle belly world. But as Canada goose calling goes for mallard calling, I use that getting punched in the stomach as when you get punched in the stomach and you're trying to tell somebody a whisper that you need help. Hey, I give me some water and that's how a hen mallard talks so that that whole theory of having no air all the air knocked out of you is relevant if you're transitioning from a mallard call to a short read cannon call and if you're already on your short read cannon call like kyle said you're protecting your insides your innards if you will and you're and you're biting down with that stomach so if you picture a mouth where your stomach is and if you picture that bike bike pump when we were kids and you had your bike tire and you take that hose and you would put it on that nipple and then you had that handle that pulled out and then you would push it down what would you hear you would hear and that pressurized air was going down through that handle as you pressed it out of that tube it would get into that skinnier tube that was connected from the big bike bike pump tube 
the tube that runs into the, the end of the nipple, into the tire that gets constricted and it gets constricted all the way up that funnel. It starts big in your diaphragm and then it gets constricted as it moves up your body into your lungs. And then it gets constricted even more as it moves from that lung ca cavity into your Ch uh, the channel cavity in your throat and then it gets constricted down even more when it leaves that channel cavity in your throat to that to that mouth cavity so if you think about it it's just kind of like the, the 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 flyways of the central and the mississippi if the top of the flyway in canada it's big like the opening of a funnel and as that funnel gets smaller now you understand why Arkansas is so deadly, why parts of Kentucky and Tennessee are so deadly, because that funnel, all them ducks up top have been funneled into this little area of the Grand Prairie where all the rivers start to meet, where the Missouri runs into the Mississippi and the black and the cash and the white, and they're all running down there. And it just funnels down into this area that's called, you know, the home of the mallard duck. So if you think of it like that, that air is traveling up this just funnel that gets, it's a, it's an upside down funnel. If you picture your, your stomach and it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and then think about how small the funnel gets of your pierced lips it starts way down there in your stomach which is the top of the flyway and travels all the way up to your pierced lips which is the grand prairie the funnel ends right there and that's where the air goes to work and making those goose sounds now that's a little bit i'm trying to paint a picture of kyle's uh, of what he's saying with that that getting hit in the stomach that diaphragm is so important to the sounds you're going to get out of this call you cannot do what kyle jones does and the sounds he just made with puffing your cheeks and using your mouth to present the air you cannot push the air just from your mouth you have to build the air and let it travel that funnel like i just said that reverse funnel if you will is that all making sense kyle absolutely it, it makes plenty of sense i can give you a, a little example of if you were to puff your cheeks out and cluck, right? So you just, you can't, you can't get it to break over. Now, if I went and punched myself in the stomach and force that air, don't put puff the cheeks out. It goes from a to and I'm flexing that abdomen. And I'm punching those notes out every single time. Yeah, it's a great th way to put it. It's a boxer. That's a, I'm glad you yep. said, I'm glad Kyle brought up the punch because when you're in a when you're in a goose calling or duck calling experience and you're you're working live birds you're a you're a puncher you got a puncher's chance you're a boxer and if you listen to boxers breathe or if you listen to taekwondo or you know even when you're working out like Kyle does if you're doing squats systematic breathing is everything when to release that air when to hold it when not to hold it too long when to breathe fast when to breathe slow when to pop the air out and getting that, or like when a boxer punches, and they're always making those sounds. When you go into a jujitsu room, they're breathing and they're hissing and they're making these sounds. They do it for a lot of different reasons. They do it for control. They do it for strength. They do it for rhythmic, rhythmic um, uh, punches. They get their rhythm down and they can get in a rhythm. And if you think of it like a goose call, that's what goose calling is. If you're a boxer punching, jab 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 cross cross undercut un uppercut uppercut all of that stuff that you get in a rhythm and that's why you always hear those short little hisses and pops of breath coming out of mike tyson's mouth so if you picture goose calling you're just in a boxing match you're in a negotiation that turns into a boxing match you're negotiating with these birds and now all of a sudden it's just and you're hitting all of those notes just like you're hitting a bag or you're in a boxing match so you got to think about it like your stomach is just seized up like oh he's got oh it's coming seize up and you do that if he throws a punch at your head you put your left hand up and you try to deflect that punch with your 
with your left arm, right, and your left glove. And, and there's all sty- stylistics of defensive boxing and offensive, but when you're talking about your guts, your what Kyle said is you're protecting them. So just picture that. Punch comes, punch comes. And that right there can get that note if you have your hands right and you have your call tuned right and you and you understand how to control that air. Once you get punched, now it comes into what I refer to as the systematic breathing. Now your breathing machine goes to work of controlling that burst of air that just come, came from your diaphragm and getting it. And it's a millisecond. It's like being a baseball player and trying to hit a 99-mile-an-hour fastball from a left-handed pitcher 60 feet, 6 inches away. you got a tiny bit of time to react. So your body has to be in conjunction. Your larynx, I mean, your, your, your diaphragm has to work with your lungs and your larynx and your tongue and all of those tissues. And then you get into the call and the tuning of that call and the mylar read and the gut system. And then you got your hands for added back pressure and the fatty tissues of your palms and your fingers working as a unit to get different notes. It sounds complex. That's because it is. And if you, if anybody tells you, oh yeah, dude, Canada Goose Calling is easy. I'm not saying that you're not going to get a big river flute and make a badass sound and cluck, or you're not, you're not going to pick up a super mag or something from Power Calls and get a good look, good sound and moan. But to be the best and to get the diversity and the complexity of the Canada Goose vocabulary, it is a lifetime of work. We're talking to a two-time world champion. That means he is the best goose caller in the world. That doesn't mean that past champions and, and future champions can't give Kyle a run for his money. Because trust me, a lot of them can. And he'll even tell you that. But he is the best goose caller in the world right now for the last two years. That's a, almost 800 days of being the best in the world. So he would not get those sounds if he didn't. And he's still practicing every day. And he gets nervous about practice. He it's like he he feels bad if he misses a goose calling workout like he would if he missed a weight room workout right kyle absolutely absolutely but i mean to to go back on you know your boxing match right yeah canada goose calling is is just like boxing or just like boxing uh but at the same time you're you're learning the vocabulary of your geese reading those geese it's just like boxing as well are you going to be the guy that's on the speed bag just hitting it or are you going to be the guy in the ring that's picking his shots and taking his shots? You know what I'm saying? He's, he's waiting for his moment to pack a punch to when to throw that jab, when to throw the hook or the cross, you know, it's, it's, it all ties in together. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that you, if you look at it that way, you're, you're talking about the complexity of what it is, is there are times to be on a speed bag. Okay. So if you've ever hit a speed bag, it's hard. It's hard to get your timing and rhythm down and really get proficient at it. Guys that can do it, it's an art form. Floyd Mayweather Jr., old Mike Tyson videos, go check them out on YouTube. Then it might be time to go in and spar, and you're taking your shots, and you're giving some shots. So if you, if you take that into comparing it with goose calling, there is a time to hit that speed bag. There is a time to do an ab workout. There is a time to do jump roping. There is a time to take your shots and just and, and, and kind of just – strategy strategically place a left jab or a left hook followed by a right cross and the goose did this oh i'm gonna hit him with this you see your opponent he like clinches up oh i'm gonna hit him like mike tyson would hit with that he hit him right you know come straight with the body punch a a cross right to the body they'd bend down because it hurt so bad as soon as they bend down what happened kyle that uppercut came flying up and it just it made it made grown men 250 pound men look like they were just little kids on the schoolyard Though that's what you do with geese. You 
box them and you own them and you want to get them knocked out in a very ethical way. You are trying to have a boxing match with geese. There's even been goose calls, the sucker punch, the uppercut. Um, there's been calls that we named this back in our banded calls days. We had the sucker punch. We had the uppercut. Our calls were named after boxing terms because of what Kyle's telling you. So think about that analogy of taking those punches, giving those punches. When I do this, that's me giving a punch. When I, that's me taking a punch. And there's times that you do that into the call. And then there's times right? So it's a boxing match. Perfect analogy, Kyle Jones. Thank you. Kyle's got it. Kyle is going to start giving us a little bit of a rendition of what this boxing match can do, what it can curtail into. So now after all of that, I said all of that to say this, <laughs> um, somebody told me the other day, you need to get on this stuff. Rogan's pushing this brain, this brain deal from, from on it Academy, yep. because they said that I'm going to talk myself out of words. <laughs> They're going to talk. I'm going to talk my brain out of words. Um, but I want people to get out of it because it is serious, Kyle. It is complex. It is not easy. And I don't want people to think that it is when they see you or me or somebody kill Canada geese with the sounds or like how diverse like a Scott Trinan is, you know, with his sounds. It's not easy. It's years and years of continuous practice. You're going when well, you're 29 or whatever, 28 years old, you're still practicing every day. So for yeah. an 18 year old kid right now or a 15 year old kid, that should tell him or her right now. I got 15 years at least to get good at this. Not to say you're not going to become really good faster than that, but after you become really good, then there's becoming Kyle Jones good, and there's becoming Kelly Powers good, and there's becoming there's different levels of good in everything in life. So there, this is this is a lifelong process. It's a lifelong romance that you're going to have with your Canada Goose call. So what would be the? <clears throat> we, we're going to assume that they got the cluck and the moan down. Okay, we've already you already touched on just opening up your hands slightly and changing that voice inflection, just a hair. You go from singing, you know, bass like Josh Turner to singing Bruno Mars with a cluck. That's a double cluck there. You know, that that's it. So they've already technically got a moan and a double cluck and a cluck down. That's three different notes. Right? Okay. So right there now, right there. I like that. How you just compared the, the, the tonal, the tonals of a Josh Turner, a base for the long black train, you know, he's got that and he's holding his diaphragm in a different position. He's got different vocal cords working. That's one part that we forget to talk about in, in, uh, in goose calling is the use of your vocal cords and the vibration of your vocal cords. So now what Kyle's going to do is he's going to, I want you to hit some clucks, clucks yep. followed by moans. And then I want you to stop. Then I want you to do moans followed by clucks. And yep. I want you to, I want you to keep those going back and forth. And then I want you to start introducing the double cluck. But at the same time, I want you to mix in a couple different tones, obviously with tongue and hand position. Okay. I got you. So clucks with moans first. That was the same notes. That was that was double clucks. That was that was double clucks. That was clucks followed by moans and a moan 
followed by a cluck. That's that's all that was. All those different sounds right there. That was that was three different notes, just so, different variations. So three different notes, just variations. So right yep. there shows you how complex. It's almost like the English language because when a when a foreigner, somebody that's learning English as a second language, they get into it and they're like, "This word is spelled the exact same, but it's you're telling me it has two different meanings." And then if you take a word like there. Well, when, when do I use T H E R E, and when do I use, when do I use T H E I R, and then when do when do I use T H E Y apostrophe R E, and you're getting all of these different different things of like there or there or there. What's the difference? And that's what you're saying is that that is why the Canada Goose vocabulary. What we started off by saying this, Mister Kyle Jones, is the most complex out of all animals in the wild kingdom. That's I would, all I was I would, saying. I would say. 100 percent accurate it's the english language of wild game calling everybody that's born in america goes i can't learn chinese i can't learn spanish it's a lot easier to learn than english was we just it's just the discipline around it i can't learn canada goose i can barely bait a hook i can't learn canada goose i don't even know how to howl a coyote you have to practice you have to get into it and putting taking three notes and making it sound as beautiful as you just did Right there shows somebody how complex it is. You haven't touched anything really with, with double clucks in there. There wasn't a whole lot of fast double clucks. There wasn't different pitch double clucks. There was no train notes. There was no spit notes. There was no double spit moans. There was, there was nothing fancy. There was no hiccups in there. There was just basic clucks and moans presented and executed the right way. And yep. that is what Canada Goose Calling is, is that if you have a clear understanding of that language, it is so beautiful to listen to. And mm-hmm. that's why you're a two-time world champ because you are those judges listen to you and they're like he has he has a master's class in Canada goose calling. Yeah. That's a master's class being presented to us right there. And that's the difference in somebody that doesn't have it and somebody that does. And not everybody does, but practice can get you there because you didn't have it when you first started. You had to start somewhere. And yeah, your story, like everybody heard in the, your first episode here at the Fat Life Podcast, you got, you know, you went to a calling contest and you started meeting people and that's what it takes. So for people that want to master this and sound like you or Kelly or Scott or the Dameron brothers, or you name it, dude, you, Bill Saunders out West here, you, there's so many, John David Stanley, there's so many good short read Canada goose cars, Hunter Grounds, probably my favorite of all time, probably. I don't know if he's yours, but the oh, dude yeah. is just pure, pure goose, dude. Uh, there's so Robbie Iverson. There's so many badass goose callers. Absolutely. I don't, I, let me take that back. There's not that many in the whole world of hunting. There's a handful that are just like, wow, dude. Wow. These guys are amazing. So that's what I wanted to really get out here today is how diverse and how complex the Canada goose language is. Cause it is. So now you have your club. Oh, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. And, and for all the guys, all, everybody listening, like right now, is probably the time of year where geese are the absolute most vocal. If you're going to go listen and want, you know, take the time to go listen to Canada geese on the pond or in a field right now is, I mean, they're it's breeding season, you know, they're, they're paired up and they're extremely, extremely protective of their territory, their nesting areas. And they are 10 times more vocal than, than what they are um, in the fall typically right now. It, yeah. it is they are they are hollering 
<laughs> yeah, there, it's a great time to listen to them because you have you have you know the breeding going on, you have the the eggs being hatched, you have a lot of defense mechanisms up and protective mechanisms up. You have showing off going on, you have fatherhood going on, you have uh, adolescence going on to where the one year olds are barking because they're getting a little jealous that the little babies are coming into the family and they're going to be getting all the attention. There's all these emotions going through the Canada goose right now, and yeah, you're going to say. That's so dramatized. It is draw. It's freaking life. That's a life going on outside of what we're used to living every day. And Kyle's right. Go listen to it because you're going to pick up on sounds that you can tuck away in your arsenal. Well, I never heard a goose do that in the fall. He might not. But what mm-hmm. if he did hear it? What if he did hear it in the fall? Now yeah. you guys start asking yourself. Now you can manipulate them. Whoa, I heard, I only hear that in the spring. Why is that being said now? That 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 means something's up, dude. There's some there's there might be a chance to breed down there. And you know what a boy goose is gonna do if he thinks there's a chance to breed down there. Same thing you're gonna do on a Friday night at your favorite pub or your local beer joint. If you think there's a chance with a girl, you're probably gonna walk up to her if you have a good vocabulary and you know how to break the ice and you know how to speak the language and you know how to not get a little tongue tied and you look her in the eyes and you say, Yo, what's up? Can I get you something to drink? And you don't go, Yo, man, you must have fell out of heaven because you're worldly and all this you just don't do that geese will pick you apart if you try to sell them a a bunch of bullshit and so will a pretty girl in your local pub so just use these life experiences to call those can of geese to get in that boxing match to get into that negotiation i love the way that kyle did not go way complex in the beginning we're going to do another one of these but his way of taking the cluck an example of the double cluck and a moan and being able to make it sound that pretty is a couple different things. And I'm going to have him do it again and I'll have him explain it, but timing visualization of, okay, my hand's got to do this to get this moan. I know that this cluck's going to come and I want to follow it with the moan. So his, just like we talked about how fast you have to react to a major league fastball and you have with the time you have to react from when that air leaves your diaphragm, Kyle's visualizing that he knows and he makes it look so subtle. My hand's got to pinch down a little bit. My hands got to loosen up a little bit. I got to lift this finger a little bit. I got to move my tongue forward a little bit. I got to pull my tongue back a little bit. That's what he's doing. I got to loosen my throat a little bit. I'm going to loosen my grip with my lips around the call a little bit. He is telling himself of that because of his masterclass and knowledge of the vocabulary of the Canada Goose. So what he's doing is he's now he's bringing in another awesome exercise that we've talked about on many episodes of this podcast and this life ain't for everybody is visualization. He's visualizing those geese and he's visualizing, all right, I, if he does this, I got to do this. If that flock does this, my hands got to come up a little bit. And that's, he's telling himself, you're not going to see that a lot when he's calling and you're not going to see him thinking at all. He's just doing it. And it's become second nature, just like vocabulary and good grammar does. It becomes second nature. Once you practice enough to sound proficient, when you talk, whether it's to a person or to a wild animal or to your dog, you don't send your dog on a long retrieve and just go, Barney, you got to go, Barney. And he hears that inflection in your voice and he knows he's on a line, right? There's all sorts of different ways to inflect your voice. Does that sound fair to say, Kyle? Yeah, no, that's that's 100% fair. And if when you're talking about when you're talking about if you're if you take it a step further of of how you've mastered that language of being able to when I talk about visualization and you know that you're going to have to move your hand talk about that a little bit so I don't sound like I'm an idiot that that really is going on you're really saying all right I know that I'm going to have to do this I know that my tongue's going to do this because you know what notes coming next right yep absolutely so like just for example on those double clucks right so my low cluck I'm always 
my low cluck, I'm going to be more compressed with my hands. I'm going to be broken down, but that's whenever I'm doing that Josh Turner impression, you know, that Josh Turner voice inflection. That oof, 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 oof. So if I'm doing a low cluck, automatically I'm bringing my fingers down. My opposite hand is right here, right? So it's just going to be whenever I go and follow that, if I know that I'm going to do a double cluck, my next note, I'm just going to slightly bring those fingers up, right? They're not going to bust wide open like we're going hunting traffic or anything like that. It's just a slight difference here and a slight difference in the pitch of my voice inflection. So I went from a oof, 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 low pitch voice inflection to a oof, 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 and I'm going to slide my fingers up. So here's the first one, Josh Turner, right? Now my high pitch. That's that's all it is. It's just slight little little variances with your fingers and the tone of that voice inflection you're presenting into the call. Which means he has to have his timing down yep. of getting his throat and his tongue and his hands in the right position because his air pressure is coming. It's there. He already knows that that diaphragm's pumping. That air's on its way. Now, the best goose callers in the world manipulate that air. And that's what having a great grasp on the English language is, is that can you use it to your advantage? Can you use it to get a deal done? Can you use it to put a, a kid to bed? Can you use your, your nice voice to sing a song? Do you have a vocabulary to write a song? Can you do be a motivational speaker like Tony Robbins because you understand pitch and excitement and all the different levels of that? All of that is what he's saying is that to get excited or that higher pitch goose. And then you got the Josh Turner, like, I'm just talking like this. And then there's even geese that talk about talk like the old guy in the Hot Wheels commercials where it's just like, if you want to sit here and listen to me talk, it's just going to be the same inflection. There's geese like that. And you can add that goose in there. There's younger geese, older geese, geese, mid-age geese. There's females, there's males, there's all sorts of different subspecies. You can have fun with it. But you have to start sitting down and you have to start realizing that this is not easy. It's a complex language. And it's just like learning a language to speak with. It truly, truly is. There's, I'm not saying that you're going to have to go and, be, and come up with all of these different adverbs and all of these different endings and forms of verbs like you would have to do in Italian of adding an I or adding an O or adding an Iamo. Andiamo, that means let's go. But if, if you were just one person, it would just end in an O. So there's all these conjugations that you have to make when you're speaking languages. I'm not saying that you're going to have to do that, but you are going to have to learn different words and different nuances and different inflections and different tones and different pitches and different tongue positions and different ways to hold your throat. All of that is constant. And that's what Kyle just gave you two quick examples of what he's doing with his tongue and his throat and then what he's doing with his hand to get that second cluck. And it goes, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and he's got two different, very different geese now in his arsenal. So what does that tell those birds in the air as they approach your decoy spread? I see decoys. Hopefully they look real. Hopefully they're putting, you know, realistic patterns. The horseshoe or the J or the fish hook, you know, all the ones that goose hunters use. Hopefully you're hidden. Hopefully your dog's not running around, huh? Alphabet spread. Alphabet spread. (laughs) Hopefully you look real. Hopefully you scouted. Now it's time like, whoa, did you just hear that? There's two geese talking back and whoa, there's a, whoa, listen to that. And they're like, that has to be real. That sounds just like the refuge I just flew over last night. 
When I just flew over, when I, 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 I literally just flew over Squaw Creek last night and it was literally loaded and inundated with can of geese. And as I'm flying over there with my buddies, I heard all those sounds. It sounds just like it. They got to be real. They got to be real. Let's get a little closer. Listen to that. Hey, can you hear that? That sounds, that sounds so real. Let's get a little closer. That's way real. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Look at, oh, wait, look at, look at all a bunch of their heads are down. They're eating like crazy. There's a ton of food there. Listen, the ones that their heads are down. Then there's one snapping his neck because he doesn't want us to come in there. He's controversial shit. We found the food. Get out of here. Wait, that's real. He don't want us in there. The ones on the ground are comfortable. Their heads are down. They're eating. We're going in there. This is going to be like the Michael Jackson thriller video. We're either going to get in a gang fight or we're all going to get along and we're all going to eat this food because there's two different analogies of it. Are birds of a feather flocking together or all the birds on the ground saying, get the heck out of here to the birds in the air. And when they leave and you hear that and that comeback that these competition callers like the guy on the, on the podcast right now, Kyle Jones does so well. And so prolific is that them saying, Oh, I'm sorry. Come back. Or is that them saying, that's right. Go tell your mom. What's up? Yeah, that's what, that's why get out of here, man. I told you that we want, I told you not to mess with our click. What are they saying? Isn't that a cool way to think about it? Like, what are they saying? Are they flocking together? Cause they're buddies. I'd say, heck no. They're the most greediest. You ever seen mallard ducks jump on another mallard ducks head to get ahead of him in a cornfield? You ever seen how stingy spoonbills are when they're swimming with their big ass ugly beaks hitting the water and how fast they swim to get the food locked up before the other one with the big old goofy beak can get it? They are greedy, greedy animals. So I don't know, Kyle, are they flocking together because they're birds of a feather or are they talking smack and saying, do you get the heck out of here? Man, you just touched on another just layer of the complexity of goose calling and yep. how complex it really is because i've always i've always been told and i've learned you know from experience you know fred was like the first person to break it down like that right and then i heard from kelly and i heard from stall and then i heard from all these other guys and, and then i started to learn it out in the field those geese they're you're not calling them they're not saying hey look it's party come hang out you know, let's, let's do this. Let's get as many geese in here as we possibly can learn. No, that's not, that's not at all what they're, what they're saying. It's so it's, there's such a reverse psychology factor there with those Canada geese that you calling and sounding like two geese, sounding like three geese, sounding like one. It's not, they're not saying, Hey, come here, come here, come here, come on, come hang out. They're saying, Hey, this is my spot. This is my zone. You need to back up because this is my area of food. This is my area where my mate is, you know, that is, that's why those geese are like, if you go watch geese right now, that's why they're so aggressive. You know, if you go watch geese out in a field, out in a cornfield, they're sitting there, they're doing that little, oh, 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 oh. cause that's them saying, Hey, this I'm right here. This like a, this like a separator me. call. Huh? Exactly. Social distance over there. Yeah, social right? distancing. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just sitting there. Oh, 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 oh. And then they start to, and then they, then they start to look, 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 and then that's them just be, and then you'll hear look, 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 look,
this is you need to back I, up. I say that again. Say it's like six feet, six feet, six feet, six feet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Wings, and that's why people say, man, like, why does flagging work? Because they get so pissed off at each other that yeah. they will like get up on their the, their heels of their feet and spread their big ass wingspan and go to work on. They're trying to spread out, like get out of my zone. Now sometimes they're just shaking off and getting a lice off of them or something like a mallard will deal. But I'm telling you. Kyle is so right about how aggressive and greedy these birds are. So the, the, the perfect way to look at it is I don't know if it could be scientifically proven. I don't know. I don't know if they're bred from the beginning to come to Canada geese because they all love each other. It's peaceful world out there. It's like love and peace with love and peace, you know, like the Beatles, like we are going to all be together. This is a perfect world of unity. And then there's the school of thought of like what Kyle and I are discussing reverse psychology. Like we can all be together, but there's going to be some issues here. We're going to have way too many, you know, arguments going on. We're going to be too close at all times. Nobody can get along that well. There's going to be our, you know, that's life. That's why everybody should try to get along and be a part of each other. But the reverse psychology says, man, there's jealousy, there's envy, there's greed. There's all of these different emotions in a human brain that make peace difficult. And then you add in religion and you add in breakups and politics and all like Sammy Kershaw said, you know, I don't want to talk about politics, religion, or her. And if you just keep those three things quiet, you probably have a better chance of getting along. And the goose calling the reverse psychology is... Let me say that again. If I'm going to go into a, 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 a talk with my brothers, I'm probably going to use the the analogy of I'm not going to bring up politics because I don't feel like being here for six hours and hearing how awesome Rush Limbaugh is. When I believe in the, in, in Republicans and our president and everything, I, I want to spend my time talking about something else. Okay. They like to get in these little heated arguments. Well, in the goose calling, what Kyle's referring to is reverse psychology in the same level is like, well, what if we bend it the other way of like, we don't like you. We really don't like you. In the turkey woods, aren't we doing the same thing? We're completely reversing nature and we're using reverse psychology on a tom. We are literally trying to make that tom come show off when the tom usually just stands there and shows off and the hens come to him. You're trying to make that tom come to you. How messed up is that? That is literally reverse psychology that we think that we can do that. And they, you just heard Kyle say they've put six on the ground in the last two weeks. That's because it works. So picture those geese in that Michael Jackson thriller video at the end when the gangs line up and they're looking at each other and they're getting ready to fight. And that's how I've always looked at a goose spread is like, you're coming here. I'm talking smack, get out of here. And then when you, when you think it's a comeback call, it's really not a comeback call. It's like, that's right. Get the heck out of here. We just smoked you. And then those geese in the air hear that. And they're like, what'd they just say? Oh shit, not today. And then what do they do? They turn around because they're ready to fight. They got their guns up. They got their knives out. They got their claws out. They, they're ready. And a Canada goose is mean. They'll bite a dog's eye out, right? So they hear that and they're like, nah, not today. We're turning around. And then what happens when they turn around? That's when the excitement gets even higher. The climax starts to build even more in that Shakespearean storyline. You're at that rising action, rising action. Now it's like, what did you say? Oh, whip your head. And you're on the ground. You're hearing that and you're feeding off of it so you're like that's what i said come on let's go what are we gonna do this today or not what's up what's up what's up come on with your badass and then those birds in the air are like oh it's on like donkey kong and they flare up and flex up with their big wing poses and posturing and their feet and their their maple leafing and they're showing off and they're like the fight is on you're about to get your ass whipped and that's how i always looked at i get chills thinking about it like that like i want to get in a boxing match with geese i think we're on to something here kyle i think we need to write an ebook on this we do do you know Absolutely. how to write? Aren't you educated? 
a little bit. I need you to start writing that an ebook. <laughs> Do you know what an ebook is? Uh, an internet book. <laughs> internet uh, and audio. interweb. Uh, I'll help. I'll help you out of that. But I think yeah. we're on to something. And I think, I think that as we get into more of these conversations with Kyle Jones and we'll have Kelly Powers on again, the reason I chose these guys is one, our friendship. I got a lot of, I got a lot of love for both of them, but they also, they just have a very good, keen sense of what it means to work together and to get the message out and to spread the love and to see people for who they are and understand the business and the industry and growth and brands and what it takes and that it's not easy. I, I consider these guys very intelligent when it comes to understanding that part of the business. So we have a friendship. We have the ability to bring, it's a, it's an honor for me to be able to have a two-time world goose champion, Kyle and a champion of champions and world goose calling champion and Kelly powers come onto the podcast and share their knowledge because I compete with them every day in a way. I mean, we build duck calls that we have the potential of taking money out of their pockets of a, of a customer that doesn't buy a power call, but they don't care. And neither do I, because there's enough love out there. There's enough to go around. They make a badass call. We make a badass call. The consumer, Consumer's going to make up their mind and pr- more than likely they're probably going to have both because we're, we're addicted. We're idiots. We're crazy, insane. The definition of insanity is somebody that does the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, we're buying duck call after duck call after duck call, expecting like, oh, if I do this, I'm going to, I'm going to feed my hunger and I'm not going to buy another one. Wrong. You're going to buy 10 more in the next two months because that's what duck hunters and duck callers do. So I don't look at Kelly and I don't look at Kyle as competition. I look at him as friends and I, and I wish that I would have been that mature, you know, 15 years ago because that, but life happens and things happen and now we can bring all of this knowledge on the foul life podcast and you heard it today like three notes hit it again please kyle three notes we have a cluck hit a cluck real quick brother okay double cluck oh Oh, that is so beautiful and then a little moan please and then you i mean you can tie all these all these into one and 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 we're gonna get into it next time about flow i've been watching the evolution of hip-hop i love rap i know you like a little hip-hop right um get down with it yeah. And flow is everything. When you hear these episodes, they talk about flow and how, what flow is. Well, if you hear Kyle's flow, that's why he wins because those judges go, Oh yeah, that's my guy. And then he just stays, he stays consistent all through every round. Even if there's a tie and a call off, he's got that flow. And think about flow when you hear different people sing the same song and then you'll figure out flow. If I rap Eminem, you're going to go, please shut up. But if Eminem does it, you're going to be like, that's genius. Now, he might say things in that flow, within that flow, that make you go, he's an idiot, but he's genius in the way he can do make that flow. If you listen to Brent Cobb sing a song as opposed to somebody else singing the same song, and it's been done many times, you're going to hear flow. You're going to go, wow, that's just fluid. That's another great word, right, Kyle? Fluidity. Fluidity. That's right. You have to have flow and fluidity. Oh, that's going to be the name of our ebook. Chad and Ky- Chad, Kyle and Kelly's ebook on the Canada goose is going to be called flow 
and fluidity, fluidity. And that's going to mean it's not names. Those aren't what we're naming our geese. Okay. That's flow. We could name our geese that too, but flow and fluidity is what you want to have as a short read Canada goose caller. Goose flutes work. The guide's best has killed a lot of geese, but today I would say that the common call used day in and day out is the short read. So we're going to become more proficient together. We're lucky to have Kyle here. We'll have him coming back soon. We'll have Kelly on more episodes. Become better. Go out and try it. It's a blast to chase Canada geese. Mallard ducks, Canada geese, my two absolute favorites. Specs are sneaking in there. But the reason that Specs will never overtake the Canada goose is because their vocabulary is nowhere near it. And I mean that. And now Kenny White or somebody that's really proficient in, in spec hunting, they would go, yeah, you're wrong. And they might be able to educate us. But would you agree that the Canada goose would stomp the vocabulary of the spec goose, Kyle? Uh, I would, I would say there's definitely a more complexity to the Canada goose vocabulary than the specs. Absolutely. See, he's just politically, he's more politically correct than I am. <laughs> I said, stomp it. And he said, well, um, let me put it in this version here as a your yeah. campaign manager. We would like to, we would like to reboot rebuttal what Mr. Belding said, and we would like to replace it with, it is a more complexity, <laughs> more, he's just smarter than me. I don't use words. I use words like stomp and what up. And he's like, how are you doing today? Okay. I got I to gotta tread lightly. I'm really close to Arkansas. So I'm like, I got to. <laughs> hey, gotta I'm really close lightly. to California, dude. <laughs> Speckle true. hunting's big over there. That's Speckles. I, I love, dude. You t- they're, they're way better eating than a Canada goose, though. So see, there's differences. There's yep. differences. They don't, they don't work as hard to talk. So their meat's a lot more tender because they're not using those muscles as much as a Canada goose to talk. I, w- I would say that they're, they're, it's easier to pick out one singular goose out of that flock and have a conversation with it than Canada's that, but that's because every note a Canada goose makes is reliant on another Canada goose sitting there calling as well. You know, oh, great point. With, I like with, that. Analogy whereas too. you can sit there and you can hear that spec doing clearly. And then you do it right back. Clearly, clearly, clearly. Or you can hear them doing their clucks or whatever. I don't, well, you just what? what you just said in a nice way is that I was right. The Canada goose vocabulary stomps that into the ground. I mean, it's complex. Yeah. You play yeah. off of each other a lot more. The decoys are all alive in a Canada goose spread. It's it's just a different way of looking at it. I don't are specs in a fight. I don't know because you just said it. They say Uttick, and you say Uttick. Well, if we're in a fight and you went, you're an ass, and I go, you're an ass, and then you go, I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to go, I'm going to hit you. We're going to end up laughing each other and then being buddies. That's not a fight. That's why we call them giggle chickens. Yeah. Giggle chickens. That's it. The laughing goose. So that's Kyle Jones. We're going to be back at you with more episodes. Hopefully y'all are getting something out of these Canada goose recipes, these tips and tactics, these instruction, these tutorials, Kyle Jones, 2018, 2019 world goose calling champion, the best in the world right now. We're lucky to have him here. Kyle, thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Remember, this episode of the Foul Life Podcast has been brought to you by our friends at Gerber Gear. Check them out at gerbergear.com and stay sharp, America. And today's episode, what you just heard, is brought to you by Power Calls. Check up their, check out their full lineup of duck calls, single read, double read. Check out their polycarbonate line of duck calls. Check out their goose calls. I just said they've won the world many times. The junior world this year was another Kelly Power student of calling. And they're must be doing something right at power calls. So check them out at powercalls.com. You can't get better. All of the materials they're using, all of their designs, their technology, state of the art, they're revolutionizing the way guys call Canada geese, the way girls call Canada geese, the way we all call mallard ducks. Check them out at 
powercalls.com. Kyle Jones, you can find him on Instagram at underscore Kyle Jones underscore kyle with a i k i l e jones underscore kyle jones follow him please this is chad belding tom hit that button 2 a.m logic my foul life thank you all very much